everybody, welcome into the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs and exclusive home of Cubs Checking. Open online today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. Tony and Jackie joined here by Andy Martinez, and we have a very special guest on the Cubs Weekly Podcast, former Cubs reliever Justin Grimm. Justin, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good, good talking to you guys. All right, so first up, uh, before we get into baseball, we know you went to Georgia. Uh, we know how the college football playoffs kind of played out. Georgia lost to that uh, to Alabama late in the year. Uh, do you think Georgia should have still made the college football playoffs? Like, what was your reaction during this whole thing this fall here? Uh, I'm just going to say I'm glad it's the last year of the four-team playoff. You know, I, I don't understand how you're the number one team all year. You drop to number two a week or two, and then all of a sudden you're just not a part of the top four on a, you know, a three-point loss to one of the best teams in the nation. It's uh, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. But uh, there's a, there were a lot of teams deserving. Obviously, the whole Florida State issue. So, you know, I I just can't wait for that 12 12 team <laughs> playoff next year. We'll we'll see. Uh, it, it'll always rise, and we'll 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 see you next year. So. It's it's been quite an impressive run for Georgia, and, and like like you mentioned, like if you if they would have lost week one, it's a whole different story. It's it's so interesting how how that pans out. But enough about about Georgia and football. Curious, what have you been up to the last few years? What 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 have you been uh, what have you been up to? Yeah, so uh, honestly, I've just been uh, enjoying being a father and uh, golfing a lot. Um, I'm in that. Um, phase where I'm just trying to figure out exactly what it is uh, I want to do. Uh, do I want to stay in the game? Do I not? Um, I, I kind of took on, uh, I, I would say, uh, securities finance a little bit uh, over the past couple of years. So I'm currently actually studying to uh, this get the security license um, to potentially go, uh, you know, figure out what it is out you know what that path looks like um but you know i i stopped playing for oakland uh in 22 and uh you know just i think you know being home the rest of that year it, i just got to a point where i was like either you know i'm gonna get a legitimate opportunity or i'm just gonna uh hang the arm up and you know i i haven't officially retired i i, I don't know exactly what that looks like you know but I, I can tell you right now uh if i picked up a ball and tried to throw it 90 feet i don't know if it, it would get there so <laughs> when was the last time you threw that at this point uh i would say it was last um let's see i went and played uh in the dominican for a month last year which was really cool uh so probably last January, last February. So uh, how often do you keep up with the Cubs? Like, and I don't, I might've missed it, but have you been at back at Wrigley the last year or two? Oh, I haven't. Uh, and it's something I definitely want to get my boys up there to watch a game and uh, experience that on the other side. Um, yeah. But I, you know, I, I, I keep up, uh box scores you know stuff like that like i watch highlights and but uh it's it's tough to uh get my five and three-year-old to just sit down and watch a baseball game right now so i i 
I wouldn't say that uh, I'm constantly watching, but uh, I check in with it every now and then for sure. Going to your your time with the Cubs, when you first got traded, your transition from a starter to the bullpen, what was it like getting traded to the, to the Cubs, and what was that transition like? We see it more often, but more often than not nowadays, but we don't really know what kind of goes into making that transition. It's not as simple as flipping a switch. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think that was 2000, August 2013. I I was honestly still with Texas. Like, I was starting in the big leagues, and I was like, I was still kind of like in that mode of like, do I belong here? Am I truly ready? And, you know, I had had half a season in 12, and then, you know, 2013 rolls around. I think uh, Matt Harrison went down, and they were like, hey, you, you know, you're going to pitch, and Arlington and that was a weekend of 13 and you know I I would say I held my own um and so I was still on that point of like you know what like I I gotta figure this out basically like if I want to stick around as a starter and then I get traded and then there, there was all that uncertainty like all right what's gonna happen and I remember getting a call from I believe it was Jed and he was like, Hey, we're going to send you a triple a. And I was immediately just furious. <laughs> like what the heck? But, uh, I, I, I think in hindsight, it was, it was really good for me in my career. And, uh, you know, they put me in the bullpen in sep- September and I was just like, all right, happy to go back up to the big leagues. And, you know, I remember in 14, I came in as a, a starter, you know, uh training training wise like I was ready to be a starter you know and all that and they told me hey you know I, we think we're gonna put you in the bullpen this year and I was like all right like I'll embrace it and I remember calling Theo at the a month before spring in 15 and a month before spring in 16 like hey I just want to let you know that I've trained as a starter I'm stretched out and I'm ready to go and uh he was he was like well we we need you in the bullpen and uh so <laughs> that was kind of when I was like, all right, let's, let's accept this. Let's focus on how I can be the best reliever for this team. Uh, so I, I still think like, if I would have said, no, I'm a starter, like what, what would that look like? You know, you can always say what if, right. When you're looking back, like maybe I ended up in triple a, maybe I, they were like, Hey, like this kid's not accepting his role. We're going to get rid of him. You know, who knows, but I'm, I'm, I, w- I was very grateful for uh, my time there with Chicago in the bullpen. And, you know, a, a lot of that, accepting that role was, I mean, it was hard, but at the same time, like somebody's got to accept that role. And that's what makes teams good. Like, guy, everybody's on board with what they're doing and what their role is. So, you, you had success like almost immediately out of the bullpen, like you said, in, you know, in 14. But then in 15, I think that was the year you had like an ERA under two. What do you think led to that success, given that it was a relatively new role for you, but you were able to do it so well and for a really good team as well? Yeah. Uh, I, I would just say it was more of the mindset. Like I said, you know, going back to, okay, this is what I'm going to do this year. How can I go be the best at that? And, uh, you know, with the help of, uh, you know, a lot of the coaches there and, hey, like, you know, telling me, hey, this is what's going to make you good out of the bullpen. And, you know, the the one thing they would always repeat is like, hey, man, we need to get – you need to get ahead of guys. You need to get ahead of guys. I'm like, yeah, you know, like no 
I'm trying. <laughs> so uh, I would say, uh, in, you know, back half of 14, back half of 15, it was winning counts. And, uh, you know, in 16, I had a, a really nice run there um, as well. And, you know, I think looking back when I was getting ahead, I was able to expand the strike zone and, you know, that, curveball would uh always play off the fastball and it was hard you know the pressure's on the hitter at that point so they would be more willing to chase so I think that was uh one of the main things for sure your manager at the time Joe Madden probably one of the more legendary managers of the last 15-20 years what was it like playing for him what was it like being a player uh under Joe Madden's watch yeah uh I I would say that uh Madden helped me uh, more or less believe in myself. Like, hey, you're here. You belong here. This is what you're good at. And this is what we expect out of you. And so it was more of like that was the first, you know, I had Ron Washington in Texas. And, you know, being when you're a rookie, you know, you really don't want to talk to the manager. That means you're, you you know what I mean? It's like you just want to stay under the radar. And But, uh Joe was one of the first managers I had that I was like, I felt like, you know, Hey, I can go into his office. Like I belong here and I can talk to him about anything and, you know, crack, crack a joke, whatever. And it's like, you know, he's going to laugh at it because we're, we're all human beings here. You know, you're here for a reason. And, you know, so I think it was just more of that mindset and uh, he allowed you the freedom to go be who you want to be and, you know, set, set your own mark. So, uh, you know, he was really good at that for sure. That 2015 team, too, um, specifically, like, you guys had a decent start to the season, but then really the second half went on a run. And, you know, I ended up winning 97 games, obviously making all the way to the, the NLCS. But can you explain what the second half of the season was like for you experiencing that and, and what it was like in that clubhouse? As you guys started to believe as a team, like, hey, we belong here. We're one of the best teams in baseball. And, like, we can make a go of it this year. Yeah. Uh, I remember, like, we had guys like Baez. I think Baez went up and down once or twice. You know, KB showed up. Um, and it, it it was just like like you said, we we obviously as a team believe like, hey, like we're winning a lot of games and we can do this. Like we're we're really good. And uh I think a month or probably August, like mid-August for me, you know, I can't speak for other guys, but I was like, like we're we're one of the best teams in the league right now, you know, and and I think we had a nice mix of uh, older veterans and, you know, Lester Lackey, Ross, uh, a big one, and, you know, a few others. Um, so, you know, just it was a nice combination of uh, young guys and, you know, everybody just doing their job, uh, I think, you know, and when an organization, you know, goes from losing to winning, I think, you know, the game becomes more fun. It becomes like, you know, you're, you're, you're riding, you know, you're riding that wave. And uh, I think a lot of that in 15 uh, set the mark for 16, for sure. Uh, we, you know, we, we ended that season let down, you know, I think we beat the Mets eight, eight or nine games that in the regular season. And they just come on and pummeled us uh, four straight games, which was kind of ironic. But, you know, we were let down. But at the same time, you know, it was like, all right, 
let's look forward to next season and get everybody get ready. So uh, it, it was definitely uh, is what set it up. You mentioned kind of like around August, you start feeling like the team could do something. What are those games in August and September and then come October where Wrigley's packed and loud and every pitch is important and crucial? Like, what is that like as a player? I mean, we've, we've experienced it being in the media, but what's it like being on the field and seeing having that raw emotion in the stadium? Yeah. So yeah, but the fans played a huge part. I remember in 13 and 14, like September and like, I mean, fans are awesome no matter what. I mean, they, they would show up, but they not, not like it was when we started winning. Uh, that was one thing I immediately noticed. I mean, we're sitting in August and I mean, we're, there's crowds selling out and like everybody, you know, wants to see the young guys and, you know, everybody's doing what they need to do. And, uh, it, it was definitely a, an electric vibe. Um, but you know, the, the biggest part for me, I mean, we were just showing up to the field, believing that we were going to win that game every single day. Um, and I, I feel like that other teams started to feel that when we would roll into town or when they would come into Wrigley, uh, you know, it, there for a while, you know, the Cardinals kind of had the division uh, locked up for a, a, a while. They they had really good teams and, you know, we, we kind of got over that St. Louis Cardinals fever, if you will, you know, it's like we always, you know, had, come within a run or something like that. And they would always end up finding a way to win. Well, that kind of reversed, you know, we started to believe in ourselves as a team and now we're winning those one run ball games and we're, you know, capitalizing on our opportunities. And, you know, it, it helped that, you know, these young guys just come up and they're putting balls out of the yard constantly. And we had a nice group of veterans, you know, just, simply doing their jobs and what they were uh, supposed to be doing. So it, it was definitely uh, made it a lot more fun. It, in the same vein of, you know, emotions pitching at Wrigley Field in front of a packed house, one of the photos over your shoulder, for those of you watching on the video portion of the Marquee Sports Network app, is you celebrating after getting a double play. Game three of the World Series, 2016 against Cleveland, you got Lindor to ground into a double play, and you let out this like epic fist pump, which, by the way, if I tried it, I, I feel like I would immediately hurt myself, like tear my lat or something like that. But Justin, like, can you explain that emotion of that moment, of what it was like for you to, to kind of induce that double play, to celebrate yourself on the field, and then with teammates in such an epic moment? Yeah, yeah. Uh... I, you know, when it, it was a quick warm up, uh, Madden had called down and said to get me up. And uh, I, it might have been Rajai Davis or something like that. I thought that's who I was going in for because Mike Montgomery was warming up right next to me. And so, you know, the lefty gets the lefty right in the game. And, you know, when he called my name, they were like, you ready? And I was like, you know, of course I'm ready. Like I'm about to go <laughs> pitch in the World Series, right? It took me two throws. Um but yeah, you know, uh, I, I I think it was a three-two count, and uh, it he kept throwing down curveball, and I was shaking, like three-two. I ain't walking this guy, you know. Like chance of me landing a breaking ball here, you know. Let's, you know. So finally, he kept throwing it down, and I was like, all right, this has to be coming from the dugout. So I just threw it, and I was like, all right, let's just. 
I, I didn't I remember saying don't don't try to make it nasty. Just throw a first strike. And you know, when when he hit into the double play and Rizzo catches it, it's it's like, you know, I threw the fist pump and I remember my whole body just got real tight, real fast. <laughs> and like it was loud, everybody jumped up, you know, and it was definitely uh probably a, a one of the highest points moments of my life obviously but you know i get back in the dugout and boz goes hey sit down he goes you you're probably going back out and i remember thinking to me like holy like i gotta calm down like <laughs> everybody needs to calm down but uh especially me because if i would have went back out there with that energy i probably honestly wouldn't have found the strike zone so um you know, ended up working out. I think Pedro Stroke came in after, but uh, it. You know, I re I remember going back to my locker and being like, "Wow, like that's that was pretty awesome." So, but you know, sit, sitting around the house, you know, watching my boys grow up. I mean, I started to think about a lot of things like that happened over those years, and I'm like, "Well, that was pretty cool." You know what I mean? Like, you you don't think about it when you're in the moment, and you know you're you're just showing up to the yard every day doing your job. Like, you know, I think that was one of the biggest things. It was just like, all right, I got a job to do today. And so whatever happened then, nobody even cares about it anymore. So <laughs> what was the rest of, what was that fall? Like, what was that October push? Like, what was it experiencing? I mean, you talked about how it felt like you guys were going to win every single day, but to actually go out and do it, especially in, in that setting, what was that like? Oh, uh, I think, well, I, I just remember being, you know, I, I don't want to use the word stressed, but I was on high alert like that whole postseason, right? Like the old, uh, my only focus was like, hey, I, I got a job to do today. And, you know, you're, you're just sitting around. Everything's a little, you know, on more high alert, I guess you would say. So, you know, uh, it, it was just for me, it was just simply like, hey, let's, you, you know, your name gets called. You got a job to do today. Like, as much as you say, hey, I'm just going to, you know, that's where routine comes in for me. It's like, all right. Like, once I got to the field and I started my routine that day, I was like, all right, this is just another day, you know, but it's definitely, you know, when you put your head on that pillow at night, there's a lot of emotion running through your head. You're trying to replay things and, you know, good and bad. So, um, but it, it was definitely, uh, uh, a very fun time. You know, we went down, I think four straight games to the Indians. So we had to, there three straight games. We had to crawl our way back. And, uh, I remember getting my family to Cleveland, uh, for the first game I was like, well, this may be the only game they see, right? Like if we lose, we're done. And, uh, there was a lot of ups and downs for sure. Uh, obviously, you know, we were riding high off three straight wins. And then, you know, I I think everybody in that stadium thought, you know, like we got a really good chance of having this, this thing go. And then, you know, obviously Davis runs into one off Chapman, you know, probably swung with his eyes closed and it just happened to work out and, you know, then then we get to the point of a tie ball game and the rain comes and 
couldn't have come at a better time because I think that uh, they definitely had the momentum momentum at that point. Uh, and so it kind of was like, a, all right, reset, you know, and you all obviously heard the stories, you know, we go in the weight room, you know, Hayward Ross and all these older guys are giving their message to, to everyone, because I mean, we're still a young team. Like, I don't, I think a lot of that helped us uh, on the field being so young and, you know, I, I we played really good baseball. We played really smart, but there's a thing to being that young and oblivious guy out there because you're just out there having fun and, you know, doing your job. And so, you know, uh, for sure, just glad it worked out the way it did. So, Was there a moment before game seven that you were like, yeah, we're going to win it all this year? Like maybe it was earlier in the season. Maybe it was sometime earlier in the World Series. But like before that rain delay and everything else, was there a moment where you're like, yes, this is actually going to happen. Like this 108-year championship drought in the franchise is going to go down and I'm going to be a part of the team that does it. Oh, I always thought, you know, like I said, going into 16, I'm like, we have a really good chance to win the World Series if we do what we need to do, you know. I had played long enough at that point to understand, like, injuries happen. You know, there's so many variables in the game of baseball that can happen to take a really good team to, you know, now you're just scrapping wins. So, um, honestly, I think the the moment was when Ben Zobris, you know, hit it through the uh, six hole. I I was like, all right, like, we we, we just took it back. And uh, so, you know, it's – it's really hard to win a major league baseball game. And, uh, but at that moment he jumps up on second base, we got the momentum back and, you know, now I'm like, Hey, we're three outs away. And I think that's when the moment, like, I was like, all right, like this is going to happen. We still had to get three outs, but like, this is going to happen. You know, we, we came back one, three straight, uh, that night I, I was eating dinner with my family and I was like, I, I think we're going to do it. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't have told you that two days ago, but I think we're going to do it. And, <laughs> you know, so I, I would say it was just that that moment for sure. So we see the the World Series jersey behind you and, and the, the photos and everything. Curious, what where is the ring? How often do you wear it? Uh, like, what do you do with it? Or what have you done with it? Uh, the, the ring is... Uh, Oh, it's just in a solid spot to where I'm I'm not worried about it. Uh, I, <laughs> you know, for me, I, I wear the ring like if I do a kid's camp, I'll go get it and I'll show the kids. Like, I think that's cool. You know, it's uh, it's a good talking point uh, for kids. Um, you know, I, I've got it out a couple of times to show show my boys. And, you know, the first time I handed it to my five year old, he put it on and did one of these and just three bounces <laughs> off the floor. I'm like, all right, I'm like, what are we doing? So, um, so, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not gonna go, you know, take it to, uh, you know, dinner or, you know, like a charity event or something, because, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to talk that much. So, <laughs> uh, when you look back on your time in Chicago, like, was there one teammate or several teammates that stand out to you as your favorite teammates, whether in the bullpen or otherwise, the guys that you just really loved playing with? 
Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed, uh, Rizzo, um, you know, me and him, we've, we've had our moments and, but I, I really did enjoy him. He's, he's such a great person. Uh, CJ Edwards, Pedro Schroep, uh, Wade Davis is a, a big one. Uh, so, you know, there, there's, there's been many, um, but, uh, a, a lot of times bullpen guys are the closest we we're down there. We're chatting, um, the whole time. So, um, yeah, I mean, those are definitely, uh, probably ones that stand out. Uh, Lester and Lackey are great teammates who I've, I've been around. Uh, I think my favorite player to watch in just general was Adrian Beltre, uh, with Texas. Uh, you know, he, he, he would get all, all over me, but, you know, he, he was a lot like David Ross in the sense of like when I was a rookie, he would sit there and yell at me in my face because I messed up. But then he, I was getting ready for his start and he would come up and say, hey, we need you tonight. Let's go. You know, just kind of like I'm going to beat you down to build you up. So, uh, But yeah. And and obviously, you know, I, I you know, you got to mention Rossi. He's he's the ultimate teammate. Uh, I, I think his story is pretty cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot. So, You said uh, moments with Rizzo. Any moments you can share on this podcast with us? Uh, like good or bad? Or... Yeah, I guess either. I, I, wasn't, I, 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 would, I would hang out with Rizzo a lot in 13, 14, 15. Um, and, I mean, even through 16, you know, the wives are getting together. So, all that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a – a wild dynamic. I love the guy to death, but you know, there were just some days where we just F each other, you know, like, yeah, MF each other just cause you know, when you're around somebody that much, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you start doing this, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I, I just love him to death. You know, he's just a big kid in, in a way. So. What you mentioned, Adrian Beltre, you mentioned Ross, some of the, some of the managers you played for with Ron Washington and, and Joe Madden, what was the best career advice you got and, uh, throughout, whether it was earlier in your career or later in your career, what was the best advice you got? Uh, so early on, I used to kind of wear my emotions and I got better as, you know, I became a professional and, uh, I, I had a, a coach tell me, he was like, Hey, listen, you're never as good as you think you are and you're never as bad as you think you are. And that kind of just helped me navigate those emotions and like, you know, you're, you're showing up to the yard and, you know, it's just like golf. Like I'm in the golf right now. I'm like, I'll go shoot a 90. And then the next day, you know, I'm, I might rip a high seventies. It's just like, you know, why? Like it's just the way it is. And so, uh, but I, I, I think that for, for me is what uh, held held with me because you know being in the bullpen you you have to be ready to go that day like you know the day before you might have just gave up a game tie and homer and you feel like you let your team down and then the next day it's like you may be called upon to go do your job again and uh that's when it kind of gets a little dicey for some because you know it's like 
if you go do your job that next night, like nobody cares that you gave up the game tying home run. So uh, a lot of that is being able to take a step back. And, uh, you know, I, I always say I wanted the talent to be able to uh, look, look at myself from a, a higher view of just like what actually is, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say that uh, advice. And, you know, believe it or not, that was a double A coach that gave me that advice. And um, he just, uh, you know, at the time, a lot of the stuff that he was teaching me pitching wise in bullpens and stuff like I didn't understand it then. But, like, once I started pitching in the big leagues, I was like, all right, this makes sense as to why he, you know, would get me to try this or, you know, talk to me about this or that. So when when I truly started learning how to pitch in the big leagues, like a lot of, you know, his lessons in the bullpens and stuff, it rang back to me immediately. So You were saying earlier in the pod here that, like, that double play in the World Series was – a moment that you'll be sitting around the house and taking care of your boys and think about, are there other moments that come to mind right now that you're like, that you think of in, in those quieter moments that you're like, this is what I want to tell my kids about someday. Or these are the moments that like, I'm so grateful that I had throughout my career that I was able to experience. Yeah, that's a tough question. Uh, that, that is one, like the double play obviously stands out, but you know, uh, Man, I don't know. I'm definitely going to tell him about facing Shohei. I mean, the Angels should sign me tomorrow. That guy still hasn't got one out of the infield off me. By the way. So, <laughs> you know, there, there's your kryptonite. But, <laughs> no, uh, you know, obviously my major league debut. Uh, my parents were actually in Frisco, Texas, uh, watching me uh, on a start in double-A. And we had three starters go down that week. And that's the only reason I was touching the big leagues from double-A. And uh, they happen to actually just be down there. So not only did they get to watch a start in double-A, uh, they stuck around for a couple of days and then watched my debut uh, in Arlington. So good timing. And, uh, you know, that, that, that was a pretty cool moment. Um, so uh, let's see. I mean, I, I think I just miss being around the guys the most, honestly. All the – all the just showing up to the field, like you never know what you're going to get that day. Like I just miss being around that, which uh, was pretty cool. Uh, I, I was very grateful to be around a lot of really good players, which is, you know, I, I'll, I'll say that like that's what got me the ring. Like I was around a great group, group of dudes who were very talented that I got to play with, um, you know, be, being a bullpen guy, like, that's all you can ask for is, you know, just being on a good team to give you a chance to go and be a part of a winning team uh, because a lot don't get that. Um, but, you know, uh, I think that's one of the biggest things that I, I, I will miss and, you know, just it's what it is. I mean, I, I did my job. I was very good at what I did. But at the same time, like, if I wasn't with those guys on that talent, I'm, I may not have that ring and I may not, you know, have all those cool stories to tell. So, Well, Justin, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Cubs Weekly Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Get your Wintrust exclusive debit card. Get your Cubs card. Ooh, I'll take one. How much? Actually, they pay you $300. 
You heard right. Get a $300 bonus when you open a Cubs checking account with Wintrust. Enjoy all perks and purchase with pride every time with your Wintrust Cubs debit card. $300? Get your exclusive card at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. Only $100 required to open. No monthly minimum balance and no monthly maintenance fees. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. All right, back here on the Cubs Weekly Podcast, Tony Andraki, Andy Martinez, and Andy, we just got done talking to Justin Grimm. I tell you what, I could listen to like 2016 Cubs stories for hours between all the guys that we have a chance to talk to. Yeah, we could have been, we were respectful of his time, but we could have gone a little bit longer. I think we could have asked, uh, there was some more follow-ups I would have loved to have asked, but yeah. I mean, it was just story after, sometimes, I feel like sometimes, maybe you can correct me, but sometimes when you're talking with some of these 2016 guys, you don't ever hear the same story. Like you yeah. hear different stories and it, sometimes you think like, Oh, they're going to say the same thing about X or the same thing about Y, and it's something completely different that you gain a more of an appreciation for that team. Yeah, I think it's just the different perspectives, right? Like yeah. there were 25 guys on the World Series roster. There were some other guys that were around the team that played for the team that year that didn't end up you know, active in the postseason or whatever else. But, yeah, I think it was just like everybody had different perspectives. Everybody had different moments. I always love, like asking the question, is there a moment that you knew that you were going to win it all? as a team because it's different for everybody yeah. and like Justin saying that you know right before game seven having dinner with his family uh was really kind of the moment for them but it is also cool to to hear from these guys just how the journey was all yeah. season what their experiences individual experiences were playing in front of that crowd at Wrigley going through it all dealing with um just the narrative that it was 108 years out of the championship so that's why i always think it's like so cool whether it's like Grimm or pedro strope that we've talked to or even some of the former players who were either in cleveland watching or just watching on tv that's like i always wanted to be a part of the team that did it well like these guys actually did it they yeah. ended that 108 year championship drought it's that banner's still up there's only one world series ring out there you know just in terms of of uh players who have won it in the last 115 years, close to 115 years now. So it's crazy when you think about it like that. Yeah, it's so much, like, is talked about, like, that drought. But I feel like every time we talk to a player in that team, like, they don't, like, necessarily – it wasn't, like, on their forefront at the time. It was just like, hey, we're a good team and we're going to go win that day. And, like, every day they showed up to the ballpark. And, and Justin said this in, in, in the podcast, like, every time they went to the ballpark, they felt like they could win that day. And it sounds so simplistic, so – minute like that's the game of baseball right like you just go in and you win that day's game or, or you do everything you can to win that day's game and then you do it again the next day and the next day and by the end of the season you hope that you have got like 95 to 100 wins and you do it was it now 14 times in the playoffs that yeah you can you can hoist the, the trophy at the end of the year it's not easy to do though he even mentioned that to win just a game in the in major league baseball is really really tough and they did it and they had that simplistic approach and it worked to, to a T in 2016. Yeah, definitely. So it was a great conversation with Justin Grimm. Uh, we thank you all for tuning in to this edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust. Don't forget to, to download and subscribe to our pod uh, wherever you get your podcasts and also download the Marquee Sports Network app to check us out in video form if you're just listening to us here. So thanks as always for tuning in. For Andy, I'm Tony, and we appreciate you listening. <laughs>